1: Out of the gates. Ready to go. Outkick 360 underway. Tuesday edition. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to everybody. Full crew here, except for Chad Withrow, who's celebrating Christmas in Nebraska. Welcome to Music City. Sixth and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. With Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. A lot to get to. More COVID issues with the Kansas City Chiefs. The Pittsburgh Steelers getting set to play them and the Chiefs will not have, based on testing protocols, uh, Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey in the lineup, among others. They're not going to have Harrison Butker, who's on the COVID-19 list. Uh, Patrick Mahomes will be throwing to some backup players. Uh, that That does not include Blake Bell, the backup tight end, who is also on the COVID list added today. We'll get into more details of all of that. Last night's games, we'll recap. The Browns are out. Uh, Meanwhile, the Vikings stay alive, and so does Mike Zimmer. We'll detail how the Vikings took down the Bears and what was a sloppy performance on Monday Night Football. And we'll turn attention to tonight's games. Two games on tap tonight, uh, both kicking off at 7 o'clock Eastern. Uh, Looking forward to both of the matchups between Washington and Philly and L.A. and Seattle. Thursday Night Football includes the Titans and the 49ers, John McClain and Glenn Gilbo will join us today. PK, what's up, man?
0: My eight-game parlay is dead because uh, the Browns gave up that big field goal drive at the end. Uh, I Nobody's listening to me about the Bears not being on prime time, and I had to suffer through that. And the Chiefs are not the Chiefs without Travis Hill, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. They're not the Chiefs without one of them. Without both of them— things are really shaping for for certain teams now with the covid stuff Steelers were dead they beat the Titans who hand them a game now covid might hand them a game and all of a sudden they might be well, sitting pretty
1: what are we doing as an nfl League right now. Yeah, they um,
0: softened softened it, and now it's turning out what, not
1: to be softened. No, what I don't know is the vaccination status for these two players, or, or these any players, right? honestly. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, yesterday, I was under the impression they were attesting one position group at random, and all of a sudden you're seeing all these – Well, they are
0: definitely doing that.
1: All, all of a sudden you're seeing positive cases pop up at multiple positions for the same team – the day after testing. So you tell me how I'm supposed to interpret this random test when going into, and again, the the Chiefs are right now at full capacity. They are the number one seed without a doubt. Without Travis Kelsey and without Tyreek Hill on the offense, that puts the number one seed in the bye in jeopardy.
0: Yeah. Well, still defensively, they could hold the Steelers to very little. We saw how bad the Steelers aren't moving the football, but – I think it has to be one of two things. You've got unvaccinated guys who are tested daily still who are coming up positive, or you've got symptomatic guys who are going with the spirit of the rules and and saying they're not feeling well and getting tested and popping as positive. Yeah, so th- Those so are the only two other routes outside of the position group getting tested. So yesterday we were saying, well, Kansas City must have had tight ends. tight ends test. And I think that's probably right based on the timing of the announcement. So in all likelihood, Kansas City had tight ends tested yesterday, lost Kelsey, uh, and they also lost another tight end, you, you're saying like Bell. So they lost two tight ends out of a tight end position yeah. testing, and now um, they lose Hill – off of either him saying he's symptomatic or him being unvaccinated, which is more likely, and then he would be tested daily.
1: And Rashad Fenton, one of their corners, is also out. That's important because yesterday they put Charvarius Ward, one of their starting corners, on the COVID list as well. So, again, these are multiple position groups um, for the Chiefs that are now – the Chiefs roster now looks similar to what the Cleveland roster looked like at this time last week as it continued to barrel down the hill. And the now, question is, are, are players across their roster going to become symptomatic to where they need to be tested, or will we actually see the NFL rule that's been implemented uh, with their policy as of Monday come into effect where if you're asymptomatic, you're not tested as long as you're vaccinated?
0: Yeah, but even so, uh, some teams are lo- going to lose guys. Um, you know, I wonder if there are some vaccinated unvaccinated players still whose minds could be changed by this. And I think if you go around the league, if you're Las Vegas who got that win last night, are you now, I'm sure you are. If you're Las Vegas, if you're Tennessee, if you're these these teams in contention or in position right now, you've got to be doing more than praying that it doesn't come to your campus next, you know? The, the Titans play Thursday night, so they should be, you know, knock on wood for them in the clear to play San Francisco. Then what happens on Christmas weekend as they see family and, and stuff, you know, how do they test on Monday, whatever position group it is, and they're unvaccinated guys yeah. who test through the weekend. And are you scared to death about what happens for the Miami game the week after that? This thing is not going to stop. So who's next? Well, what is is the playoff field? It already probably is hot, but is the playoff field in an, an all time great year in terms of competitiveness? Ultimately, going to be at least somewhat shaped by who had the misfortune of having a COVID outbreak and who didn't.
1: Oh, no doubt. I mean, look at look at what happened with Cleveland last night. That's case in point. They're without their starting left tackle. They're without their starting quarterback. Um, they toughed it
0: out, and they came close, and they didn't They estimated at
1: wide receiver uh, and on defense. I mean, practically everybody but Miles Garrett was on the COVID list for Cleveland. And what the uh, – look, the, the NFL should just stop testing vaccinated players, period. Period. Because what they're saying is if you're unvaccinated, you're tested daily, and based on the policy, the only person that's bringing it into the building would be a vaccinated player who's not tested unless you're randomly chosen uh, because you're asymptomatic. That to me makes zero sense whatsoever. Just stop testing and play your season.
0: And they're saying it's like PEDs. Even Mike Vrabel, I was just over at the Titans, and he mentioned. You know, uh, somebody asked him about the randomness, and he said, "Yeah, it's like uh, like PEDs." How do, how but did they not, find out? It's not. Uh, he didn't go into the details about that, and he said, "It's you know, it's randomly generated." You know, he did throw in a hopefully there, not that he right. was oh, indicating no, but anything, but you know, like of anybody course. would. But it's not randomly generated the same way because PEDs aren't by position. PEDs are are random. There's I don't know how many guys at a time five, six, ten. I don't know how many Titans on a, in a given week get tested right. for PEDs. But it's not a position. Normally, group. Normally, if you have a
1: good game, you're tested <clears throat> the next day. Yeah,
0: uh, but it's not a position group. It's not as big. Um, or for not just for performance enhancers, but for substance abuse, which now doesn't include marijuana anymore. Um, it's not. It's not as broad, um, and it can't wipe out a. You know, a Peds. You know, wouldn't wipe. It's not as widespread as as a as a, a virus that's spreading widely right now. But uh, I, I don't know why you wouldn't do targeted testing, like you actually like you do Peds, and draw, you know, six random guys.
1: But going back to that, From if you're a, if you're asymptomatic, what difference does it make? Yeah, they're they're say, already saying if you're asymptomatic and you're not randomly tested, they're cool with you playing. So but what's the te- difference
0: between you and a guy who gets his uh, position group drawn at random? That's There's what I'm no saying.
1: And it, if you're asymptomatic and you're drawn at random and you pop for it, why not play? I don't it know why you have to sit out.
0: Exact as the guy next to you who happens to play safety as opposed to corner.
1: Right. And I, I'm all, look, I'm all for this policy that says if these players want to get tested on a daily basis, they can so choose to do so. Any player it, without the random draw, if they feel like they should go get tested daily, they can. You know, Miles Garrett, I brought him up earlier, he's one that wants daily testing among the players, among vaccinated players. By all means, like, uh, I, I'm happy that if he wants to get tested daily, he can. I'm also happy that the NFL has some common sense with this that's going to allow the players who are asymptomatic to go play. Because, Paul, as you pointed out last week, even last year, we learned that this is not spread during a game, Yeah, right? Like that.
0: I mean, that's the one thing we really know. Uh, you know, if the Titans didn't give it to the Vikings during that first outbreak, and we talked about this extensively on our old show, it was hard for, at that time, knowing what we knew, it was hard for us to imagine that offensive and defensive linemen Face to face, breathing heavily on each other. At that time, we didn't understand necessarily how much time it took, but we were thinking, "Damn, the Vikings are going to pop positive yeah, all week." That's what here we thought for being uh, cornerbacks and receivers, people face to face. Well, it doesn't work that way. We found out. So that's one of the safer areas in in football. It's the planes and the meeting rooms and the and the weight room, which still has restrictions on it. Where, where the danger is, and it's much more about spreading it within your team than spreading it team to team.
1: And Again, I, I go back to what the, the league chose to do last week with Cleveland, and I, I'm uh, reading more into what Baker Mayfield was saying. I completely agree with him. Like there, There's no reason that they should have gathered uh, in meeting rooms, met for games, went out for a practice, went back to the locker room, and then tested. There's no, there's no call for that, um, and it decimated the Browns to – to the point where they're out of they're not out of playoff contention, they're done. Last night's loss, done. Yeah. And that I mean goal. the extremes,
0: they would have been in first place seated yes. fourth, first in the fourth, division. Yes. They and would have been leading their division right now. And they're now. 12th.
1: Or they're 10th. way down. Let's look at the updated uh standings. NFL standings in the playoff picture. Uh Kansas City's currently number 1 uh in the uh in the AFC. Cleveland is all the way down to 12 at now 7-7 seven and seven on the season. Let's just run through this. Uh, Chiefs are the one seed. Patriots are the two seed. Titans remain in the three seed. They play on Thursday against San Francisco. And by courtesy of their win against Denver and Cleveland's loss against Vegas yesterday, Cincinnati is the four seed. So those are your division leaders. Wild cards right now. Indianapolis at five, at eight and six. Uh, they will travel and face Arizona on Christmas Day. The Los Angeles Chargers are your sixth seed at eight and six, and also at eight and six, the Buffalo Bills, who will play on the road in Foxborough this week against the Patriots, who lead their division. Um, so it's jam packed. And then, but just below the line, right there on the bubble, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Vegas. Vegas is now a game out of the wild card because of their win over the decimated roster due to COVID, of Cleveland. And I'm not trying to pout for Cleveland, but they were at a severe disadvantage. They're lucky. No, They made a
0: great show. They're,
1: they're, they're they lucky the that the NFL allowed them, because they didn't want to, allowed them to move the game to Monday. But now they turn around and will play on Christmas Day yeah. against Green Bay on the road at Lambeau.
0: And they so, didn't get a significant number of people back. You know, that's what we said no, when they moved yeah, the game. We said, point. well, what's the great gain here unless they really allow asymptomatic positives back they didn't right so there was it bought them some time to get ready with the short staffed team but it didn't buy them players returning and so really it it wasn't a great it was better than nothing but it wasn't great you know and they made a good showing you know and they get pats on the back for for being feisty and all that but it doesn't. It, you know that doesn't get them in the playoff.
1: No, and and uh, I mean uh, I understand. Like the the critics would say, well, Cleveland's not a playoff team this year anyway. Yeah, you can't, uh, we got give
0: them their fair shake. I, I to agree. Get in.
1: And we, we talked yesterday. I,
0: I think they could win a game in they the playoffs. They play a style the and right a brand
1: with the, They can rush the passer with four, and they can run the football. And this
0: of all years, you can't say so and sos not a playoff
1: team. Not this year, especially
0: in the in the AFC. The, the top half of the NFC maybe is is going to roll in the first round, but in the AFC. Anything goes, and you put Cleveland in that playoff field. I, I think they could beat beat half the teams in there.
1: Healthy. My, Minnesota has won two straight. Uh, they were the nightcap oh, over Chicago God, last the night. Bears
0: are just. Oh, what was I mean, Matt Nagy
1: doing at the end of the game, going for the touchdown? They're down seventeen to three, and his he uh, he clearly told the wideout with six seconds to play to get out of bounds with, I mean, the, the, the receiver looks up with one second and steps out of bounds, and then they throw that that heave into the end zone. That is a touchdown. They don't kick the extra point, but that that affected the spreads in Vegas. I know that. And it's 17-3, and the final score ends up being 17-9.
0: Does he want to score on his final play as their coach? <laughs> I don't
1: know. He could
0: get know. fired here uh, in order for them to start their coaching search with the new rule.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, they're they're, they're to show done up and he's done. But I, no, I mean, there's nothing to prove. I mean, no. they got whipped. They got whipped last night. They can't move the football. And I don't know why you're trying to prove a point late in the game. I mean, it looked like a coach that had money on the game. Is what it looked like.
0: They're a terrible, terrible
1: team. Yeah, they 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 are really and bad. I,
0: I want in a situation like that. I want whatever sort of flexibility it takes to get them out of prime time.
1: <laughs> well, that's not going to happen because of their their <laughs> they're either. So next year it's not going to happen because they're going to have Justin Fields paired with a coach a that's coach. ready to come in. Well, and, it could be interesting.
0: Play them early though. Put them in there early. I don't want them late. I understand the Chicago weather and all that. I, I, they're one of those teams. Like yeah. let me have some say in the scheduling and I'll give you some teams I don't want to see after a certain date.
1: Packers remain the number one seed of the NFC. Cowboys and Bucks at two and three. Uh, and then the fourth seed right now is Arizona. It wasn't too long ago, a couple of weeks ago. Arizona's number one. Everybody stinks now. And now they're <laughs> now they're four. Uh Rams, 49ers, and Vikings are your wildcard teams. And just on the outside looking in, the Saints. The Saints I bring up at seven and seven because they will face Miami this week. Miami is also somehow alive. They've it's won 6 great. straight. So you've got the Saints and the Dolphins in an elimination game for one of those teams for a wild card contention with two games to play The after league's loving
0: that. Something like that the league loves.
1: In an elimination game tonight, Washington and Philly, a divisional matchup. Both of those teams are 6 and 7 with a chance to get to 500 and match New Orleans' record. At seven and seven, and that's the same record as Minnesota, who won last night to get to seven and seven. Right now, Minnesota is the seven seed. If Washington wins, no, excuse me, if Philly wins tonight, um, then the Vikings remain in that spot. If Washington beats Philly, then Washington moves up to the seven seed.
0: I need about a thirty-six. I, think I, have that right. I need about a thirty-six point night from Matthew Stafford tonight in our media league. What do you think?
1: Stafford could do it. Yeah.
0: I'm not going to, I'm not going to go put, he I'm not Cooper doubling cup. down on, uh, he has Cooper cup. FanDuel.
1: So when we come back, there is a lot of hype right now with Jonathan Taylor Colts running back to be in the MVP conversation. I don't think there are many voters and I'm not one of them that votes for MVP. Paul does not either. Um, we would not vote for Jonathan Taylor. I don't think, Paul, you would you would not vote I would for not. Jonathan Taylor. Not right now. Uh, my vote would be for Aaron Rodgers. But there, I understand why there is a need for some new conversation in the MVP discussion. The problem I have with it is they're leaving out one big name that you could argue deserves to be in the Jonathan Taylor spotlight. That's next on Outkick 360. First, though, Aurora Science and our great friends at vitalifescience.com, Outkick 360's trusted partner uh, in these supplements that keep us mentally sharp and healthy. Aurora delivers your supplements where you need them the most in your body, and that you're not going to waste the, the vitamins, the supplements, like a typical capsule or pill. Vidalifescience.com is the website, V-I-D-A-lifescience.com. You can receive a 15% discount with the code OUTKICK360. Typical pills, capsules, not well absorbed. In fact, most are only absorbed in small, very small amounts. And your digestive system breaks those pills down until there's really little left for your benefit. I use the vitamin C, the vitamin D3 glutathione from VitalLifeScience.com and Aurora. Simple single-use packets. Grab and go in the mornings. Uh, You can take them with you all day. There are plenty of other supplements available for your benefit as well. Vidalifescience.com, V-I-D-A-lifescience.com. 15% off with the code OUTKICK360 at Vidalifescience.com.
0: Aurora Nutriscience's megaliposomal products offer greater bioavailability. Through our proprietary process, vitamin C or glutathione molecules are encapsulated in liposomes that ensure much greater absorption into your body's bloodstream through the GI tract. This allows for greater efficacy of these nutrients into your body's bloodstream. Use HVVCAST when you purchase at www.auroranutriscience.com for a 10% discount at checkout.
1: Coming up in about 10 minutes, Glenn Gilbo of OutKick is going to join us and uh, he'll tell us why Bo Nix is now the next quarterback at Oregon and we'll get into Brian Kelly's miserable recruiting class, but why it really doesn't matter for Brian Kelly as he just took over the job at LSU. We'll compare their recruiting class to what LSU's done in recent years. Right now, though, OutKick360 rolls on with the discussion on Jonathan Taylor running back for the Colts. Um... Locally, here in Nashville, I don't recall national media members retweeting highlights of a Henry touchdown run in week 14 last last year in a 2,000-yard season on his way to a 2,000-yard season with words like MVP-like performance. Ian no, Rapp- we're not. Ian Rappaport's doing that Saturday night as Jonathan Taylor puts the game away in the fourth quarter with that long touchdown run against the Patriots, and... Uh, Taylor's not even close to Henry's production. Now, I am also not going to sit here and say that he should not be in the conversation because I believe if you wanted Henry to be in the conversation last year, you by all means should want Jonathan Taylor in the conversation now. If you want running backs getting more run and respect around the league compared to Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, which they're in the running for MVP, and right now it's Aaron Rodgers' award, you you want Jonathan Taylor mentioned here, don't you? Yes.
0: But through 14 games, they they are comparable last year. I mean, if if you add in the the receiving yards and Taylor is more of a receiver than Henry will ever be.
1: Well, that's fair. I'm not adding in the receiving yards. Okay.
0: Well, even the rushing yards, I mean, uh He's gonna Henry have- had 1679 through 14 games. Taylor has 1518. So Henry was ahead.
1: Well, but but if point- you add
0: in the in the receiving yards and this is on fewer touches, 340 touches for Henry last year, 1793 and 15 touchdowns, 306 touches for Taylor right now, 1854 and 19 touchdowns. So more touchdowns, more total yards as a a back who plays more downs but has fewer touches. So there's a case that he's comparable to Henry. I wouldn't be pissed about that. I would be pissed well, off on a well, Real quick, fan.
1: well, hang on. He's, he's 500 yards off the pace that Henry ended with last year. Henry accomplished that in 16 games, yeah. and Taylor will have the extra game, and he's still 500 yards away from doing anything close to what Henry did on the ground.
0: He needs a big finish, also. I would be pissed. I get what you're saying about you want him in the conversation so somebody like Henry could be in the conversation next time. Yeah. I still, if I'm a Titans fan, I'd say, hell no. I'd be pissed. There was no national media consciousness of Henry, even in the to mention him last year, even to mention him. And now all of this hype with Jonathan Taylor, I do believe there's a little bit of hard knocks to this, not necessarily from the media perspective, but from NFL network touting it because they're connected to the NFL films and NFL films show and all of that. I do think there's some intertwining of that. And I just don't understand why Why else. Why last year on a team that won its division, was there no hype for Henry? And this year on a team that's probably not winning its division, is there all of this hype? I, I don't want to hear that there's some quarterback tiredness. Nobody's tired of Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers, we talked about yesterday, is unbelievable right now. I think he will ultimately win it, but I think Taylor's going to get some votes and a year after Henry got none, I just don't understand how this people are measuring.
1: Well, him. ultimately, he'll win Offensive Player of the Year. I mean, that's that's what which the, is what Henry did. right? Yeah, and that's what happens to the the skill position players, right? Um, we could, but there, you've got a candidate here. There's a, there's here that, a different that that topic to be had on Taylor. Yeah, I, I mean, for all the discussion that we're giving Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup deserves the same, if not more, conversation most valuable player or offensive player of the year. Uh, he has the chance to be the first 2,000-yard receiver in NFL history. I get it. Extra game. But these are not hollow yards that he's putting up. Uh, Calvin Johnson came close to a 2,000-yard season back in 2012. Uh, no player in NFL history has been uh, as impactful of a wide receiver to his offense as Cup has been so far this season if we're looking at the body of work that we have right now. Last week, he had a season-high 13 catches, 123 yards. That's a season-high in catches, yes, but that's also a game where he just shows you who he is at his best. He's had 83 catches over his last nine games, and he's averaging nine catches a game this season for the Rams. To put that in perspective, the Titans have had one Nine-catch game from one player all year. And this dude's averaging nine catches a game. Um, Devontae Adams has had three such games all year of nine catchers or more. Just to, And that's that's the comparable match uh, at wide receiver for him.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's potentially, 17 games or not, and there'll be a lot of poo-pooing of it, he's potentially going to set new records for receptions in a year, and receiving yards in a year.
1: He's averaging 114 receiving yards per game. Devonte Adams is averaging 96.
0: And Julio Jones is the all-time leader like for that for a career at 96. So I mean he's substantially higher than the than like the best guy all time now one season of course but yeah. I mean that just for context.
1: And I'm not trying to to pit Cup against Rodgers, because again, I think Rodgers is winning the award based on his play and no, what he's done him in the conversation. Cup deserves it because uh, just uh, take it a, a step further. The Rams run game. They're bottom 10 in the league in running the football. And when you look at Cup's production, you can go yards and catches. and You're saying, okay, what does he actually do for the team? You know, he's right. picking up. It's not its not scrap yards at the end of the game. 82 of his catches have gone for either a first down or a touchdown this season. And that that's... That is high-volume production at an elite level that you're not seeing on an annual basis in this league. I think the offense across the league is down, top to bottom. This guy is among the best we've ever seen playing the position currently. I
0: mean, offense may be down a little bit, but there are stud-wide receivers all over the place. Uh, I mean, and emerging young wide receivers, you look at Jefferson, last night and uh and you know guys like AJ Brown who's not, not playing particularly well this year, but there there are more good young wide receivers coming in from college on a regular stream than ever before in the history of I, the league, arguably, and this guy is separating himself from them.
1: I like watching players that I believe will be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and knowing that I'm living in the era of watching the guy in real time. Cooper Cup. So There has been one wide receiver in NFL history that has had a season of 1,400 or more yards receiving, combining that with 15 touchdowns or more and 120 catches. That dude was Jerry Rice. Right now, Cooper Cup is on pace. Again, the extra game, but even with the 16 games, he would be on pace for that. He's on pace right now for 140 receptions, 15 or more touchdowns and 1900 yards and again he could be the first 2000 yard receiver in a single season. That to me deserves more conversation than what we're paying attention with in Indianapolis with Jonathan Taylor. And I'm not trying to knock Jonathan Taylor, but I've seen it before. I saw it last year with Derrick Henry. Yep. I've seen it. I totally have not fair. seen this in a long time. Totally fair. And and you know, people are going to say, "Oh, you know, you hate the Colts because you're in Nashville." It's not the case. I enjoy Jonathan Taylor. And I think he's a great player. But Cooper Cup to me, is the offensive player of the year. Speaking of offense, Paul, let's table this because I think there's more meat on the bone here. Um, Speaking of offense, Auburn quarterback Bo Nix entered the transfer portal about a week and a half ago and he has now landed in Oregon. He's gone from Auburn as a three-year starter and a legacy quarterback where his grandfather and his father played at Auburn to now Oregon where he has ties to the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach, And we'll be playing for new head coach Dan Lanning. With more, we welcome in Glenn Gilbo of Outkick.com. Glenn, hope you're doing well. Happy holidays to you down in Louisiana. How about Bo next to Oregon? Who saw that coming?
2: Well, you know, that makes sense because it looks like Bo is is looking at the roster and he knows the uh, coordinator and and he's going to have a chance to play. You know, and and, and wow, uh, you know, part of being young or, or even old uh, is seeing parts of the country, you know, why, why spend your whole career at Auburn, you know, where, where you have all this legacy, go, go to Oregon, see the world. I, I think it's, you know, and, and that's where the passing games originated from, you know?
1: Yeah. He's a three three year starter at Auburn. And, and I, you know, I, I look at that and think, Oh, he's got a year left. He's got two years of eligibility left if he so chooses to stay at Oregon and he's got ties with uh Kenny Dillingham the the quarterback coach and the the offensive coordinator now.
2: Yeah, right, and maybe he didn't like what was going on at Auburn and, and you know, he has been criticized a lot at Auburn because he's never really been a great quarterback. He's been pretty good at times. He's he's been inconsistent, but you know, that's a great idea for him as a as a fresh start and he, and he's making a much better decision than say Max Johnson and Miles Brennan, Max Johnson. I don't think he's going to play much at Texas A and M, and I don't think Miles Brennan is going to play much at LSU.
1: And Bo has a chance to go and compete and win that job at Oregon. Why don't you see uh, Johnson playing at A and M? Just curious from the transfer portal going to A and M and playing for that for that group and that offense.
2: Well, Haynes King uh, is probably going to be the starter next year. Who who was hurt this? This past year, he was really ahead of of Zach Calzada. Uh, he's probably going to start, I would think. And then Jimbo signed the best quarterback in the in the country yeah. uh, in, in his class. Um, you know, I think Max will have a chance. But but if you're going to transfer, you gotta you gotta have a clear idea that you're going to be the starter or close to it. Uh, I don't know if you remember, there was LSU had a quarterback years ago named Craig Nall who was third string. He transferred to Northwestern State, little school in Natchitoches, played 12 games, play, and then he played in the NFL for the Green Bay Packers. Yep. No, he was never a starter. But that's what you got to do. You got to go to a smaller school. That's what Miles Brennan needed to do, or, or Ole Miss. Ole Miss doesn't know who their quarterback's going to be. Max or Miles probably should have gone to Ole Miss instead of AM and LSU.
1: Say I bought into the Bo Nix talk to Ole Miss. And and maybe I'm a sucker for you like that. Like the idea, yeah. But I, I thought Kiffin would lure a guy like Nix uh, within the conference to play against Auburn. I thought Nix would want a piece of Auburn after uh, all the criticism he's he's received there.
2: Yeah. Well, but but you know maybe Lane doesn't think as much of Bo as maybe, maybe somebody. Did. Yeah. And Lane Lane tried to get Rattler and, and Gabriel and couldn't couldn't get him, and he's, he's still in the transfer portal. Uh and uh, so, yeah, that old Miss is not who its quarterback is going to be next year. I mean, it's it's crazy times with the quarterback transfers. Ole Miss Army
0: and the Armed Forces Bowl tomorrow. How do you grade old, uh, not Ole Miss, sorry, Mizzou. How do, you, how do you grade Mizzou's want to going into this with uh, injured quarterback? So they're probably playing an inexperienced guy with the running back uh sitting out getting ready for the draft.
1: And and Glenn a style of play that no one wants to yeah, face in hates. Auburn and an army, excuse me.
2: Yeah, that's that's and and you know, that's a tough assignment in the regular season when you go against a team that's drastically different there, you almost need an open week to prepare. But but to have to play them for a bowl, which is supposed to be kind of a reward <laughs> and, and you got to get ready for this uh back to the future game um so that that's that's going to be difficult and and you know so many of these bowls are looking like a lot of the uh covid NFL games last year and
1: <laughs> it this does year yeah
2: as well yeah. um so uh yeah it's it's going to be a weird bowl season for sure
1: glenn gilbo with us from outkick.com uh, at lsu beat tweet uh is where you can follow him he's covered the tigers for more than 25 years Glenn, let, let's. Uh, I, I fell into the trap of looking at the SEC recruiting rankings recently, and I know you wrote a column on LSU at OutKick that's available now at OutKick.com. Um, right now, they are only ahead of Vanderbilt and Ole Miss. How rare is it to see LSU that low in the SEC recruiting rankings? And ultimately, does it mean that much to Brian Kelly?
2: Well, you know. It's it's first of all, it's been a it's been since the 1990s. You know, LSU had six straight losing seasons from 89 through 94. And there were some times there where they couldn't get any kids out of New Orleans. And there weren't a lot of rankings at the time. Max M finger was ranking classes but they were they had some bad recruiting classes then but but really that's a statement to how good LSU has recruited since since 2000 when when Saban came in and even before Jerry DiNardo was not a bad recruiter but but to be ranked that low is really different for LSU even with the obvious reason for it you know you've had this coaching change and the early signing date happened you know 2 weeks after Brian Kelly got in but, um, you know, he's got some time to make up ground, but we all know that, that most of the players sign early, you know, so that, yeah. there's not a lot of great players left out there. He can improve the class somewhat. But as I said in the column, the main thing Kelly has to do, you know, he, he may lose this class. This class may not be that good at all. But overall, he's got to better manage the roster and better develop players. Than than Ed Orgeron and Les Miles did.
1: Does he have his coaching staff set yet?
2: No, no. I think that's part of the problem too. He hasn't hired either coordinator yet. He has hired a nutritionist though. Oh,
1: you know? oh, okay. That's, 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 that's on a- the
2: LSU website. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not writing about a nutritionist. <laughs> and if they hire a the I'm I'm not going to write about that either. But no, he hasn't. He hasn't made a lot of hires. And he's probably not going to keep a lot of guys from the staff, which he shouldn't. They're eleven and eleven. You don't you don't keep guys from that type of staff. He's he's probably going to keep one or two, but he's you know he's behind in in hiring a staff and he's behind in recruiting.
1: Most most of that come at the the coaches convention over the national championship weekend, or you think it's after that?
2: I would I would think um, he would be done with his hires. Uh, probably between the national semifinal games and the, uh, and the national championship yeah. game. I would think he'd be done with it by then for first of the year.
1: Glenn, happy holidays to you, man. Thank you so much for the sec knowledge and insight. And, uh, we'll catch up with you next week.
2: Okay. I thought we were going to talk about the saints, man. The big, oh, big win. Over- yeah. Hey, uh,
1: That's saints, a crazy win saints taking on, uh, Miami this week in a playoff elimination game for either team, uh, uh, Right. Intrigued by that, the seventh the seventh team getting in, while uh, uh, it may be a bad, uh, ultimately a, a mediocre to bad team getting in the postseason, it has led to more drama down the stretch here. So, uh here's to your Saints and Taysom Hill mm-hmm. playing with the bad finger.
2: Good luck. They they have a chance to finish ten and seven. They they could do it.
1: Who do they finish or- with? So do they have? Who do they have left after Miami?
2: Miami's a five hundred team, as is as are the Saints. And then they play Atlanta, which has a losing record, and Atlanta, which has a losing record. So it went out.
1: That is very doable, uh, believe it or not. I didn't know it was that simple down the stretch. Uh, The the hardest part was shutting out Brady, and they did that. So if you can do that. That was
2: unbelievable.
1: It was. It really was.
2: Thank you, guys. Merry Christmas. Thank you.
1: Uh, Merry Christmas to you all. Glenn Glenn Gilbo has been our guest. Again, follow him at LSU Beat Tweet and read his work, along with Trey Wallace, covering the SEC for OutKick.com. We'll dive back in to uh, the discussion points on Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup. We'll look around the league a bit and try to reset where we are on the playoff picture and the importance of tonight's games. Two games tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern, across the NFL. We'll chat about those next on OutKick 360. Great job by Dylan Taylor and David Reed manning the radio network for OutKick today. Also, Jakob Swanson, Jonathan Moulton across the OutKick network. This is OutKick 360 from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. They've got the, uh, Chad would love this, they've got the Old Smoky Moonshine, the Shine Nog, yeah, I think he's. Here, it's uh, available for I the holidays. I got
0: some of that before, uh, er, relatively early in the holidays. I was told season. we could
1: crack this open later if we wanted to. I don't know. Does it need to be cold?
0: I think I would think it needs to be cold.
1: Jacob will drink Jacob anything.
0: will drink anything. Jacob oh. Jacob will drink that before the show's over if we want to pass it over
1: there. Old Smoky and Yeehaw here at Sixth and Peabody tonight. Your starting quarterback for the Washington football team. Practice squad player no more for the New England Patriots. He's now the starting quarterback for your Washington football team, Garrett Gilbert. That's because Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen, um, they tested uh, and they did not test out of their COVID-19 protocol and today. they failed. Yeah. So they could be asymptomatic. Could be. Don't know. Um, did not test out. So they remain on the COVID reserve list and Washington will start Garrett Gilbert tonight. Um, They are nine-and-a-half-point underdogs facing Philly, both teams with the same record. And uh, Washington's in a situation a lot like Cleveland, where they've been back and forth, and they've been battered throughout the year. And this loss likely puts them out. I know it's a little tougher to say that in the NFC at the very bottom of the seven seed, but they're done if they lose to Philly within the division. Again, Washington finishes out their entire season within the NFC East.
0: I thought Mullins made a nice showing last night. Did okay. I mean, he's in a similar situation, yeah. coming with no experience. 20 for 30, 147, a touchdown. Uh, didn't throw Didn't throw a pick. Uh, ran it a couple times and kept him in the game. Kept him in the game. Then, I mean, that's all you can ask a guy to do with that coming in in a situation like this. That's all Washington can look for tonight. Um, and, uh, you know. Are two teams going to get that? I, I, I doubt it. But, uh, you know, these are terrible situations for guys to be put in.
1: Well, and the Browns just had – I mean, Mullins didn't play bad at all. You're right. He, the, the drops. I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, is one of them. Uh, they've got kicker problems. Meanwhile, the Raiders do not. It's uh, really good. Yeah, it's it, – you're right. In Minnesota, their defense carried them – last night against a, a terrible Bears offense. I always want to give props to the defense, but honestly, a, a bigger topic maybe for tomorrow is how down offense is across the NFL right now. It's 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 not an offensive league. 13 teams this past weekend, Paul, failed to reach 20 points. 13. And I was looking that up because the Titans are one of those teams, and you you look at uh, across the league, it's a very similar issue for mediocre football. It's some top-tier level elite. It's not as elite as what is used to, as what we're used to seeing across the well, NFL. Well, if
0: you've got to watch bad offense, you want it matched up against bad offense. So at least there's intrigue, <laughs> right? I mean, titan Steelers yeah. second half was intriguing because it was it was close. And it came down to uh to a last play um with a guy failing to get beyond the sticks, but um yeah, it's uh, you know, and there's some some things at play. Lamar Jackson, you know, being dinged up is is at play. Uh, Derrick Henry being out, AJ Brown being out is at play. Um, What's the latest on Brown? Things. Anything today? Kelsey, yeah, you know, he's speaking optimistically. I I fully expect to see him. I, I mean, it would be the first Titan who'd come into the the window to to be ready. Um, and not be activated for the first game after that. Um, but I think Titans fans would be wise not to expect the light bulb just to come on and for the passing offense to uh, to to have a fuse lit and take off. But you know, not just him coming back, but some guys falling back into something close to their regular spots on yes. the depth chart. Another guy we didn't talk about Golden Tate, who's had success around the league. He's older now. Titans signed him a couple of weeks ago to the practice squad. And he hasn't broken through. Uh, I mean, that's got to mean he's terrible if he can't get in front of a guy like Cody Hollister. I know they're different shapes and sizes, and don't uh, don't necessarily, you know, Tate's more of a slot guy. Um, but if if he can't get on the field with what they fielded did this last weekend, I, I think you'd see an AJ Brown for Julio Jones swap here, and they're not they're. I mean, they're never going to give it up, but he's talking like Julio Jones has it. Vrabel's talking like Julio Jones has a chance to play Thursday. So that, that was more of a maintenance kind of hamstring injury than a than maintenance. A, I, I, that's my word, not not I, their I know, word, but but that they pulled him out to be cautious as opposed to uh, because he was hurt. But you can't pull a guy out to be cautious when you're neck and neck in a game that you're losing and your receivers all suck.
1: Yeah, my rule on this, if they're pulling him out to be cautious <laughs> with the receiving cord that they lined up, he's just a guy at this point. He's a, he's an all-time great wide receiver who's just done. a guy right now. He's done. His they're body's not holding up. They're gonna regret and they're I, having redone that kind to of To me, thing. this is more I forgive me, like if I'm I don't think I'm off base by th- this is more of them not wanting to throw him under the bus and say that he's done. Not and say that he's his body's not holding up because it's one game back and then it's a halftime, he's done at half and a game and a half. Then he he misses three weeks, then he comes back off of IR, play a game and a half, game and a half. I mean, I it just it, it is what it is at this point, and that that's the trend. And the question is, can he be available for you to give you a couple catches in the postseason? I wrote
0: today, Hut, wide they're, receiver, they're giving him one target, wide receiver, right now for the Titans, is a lot like outside linebacker was last year, except that Harold Landry, the number one outside linebacker, was there the whole year last year, right? But you could compare Josh Reynolds to Vic Beasley. They both disappeared after about six games. Neither had any kind of fire to them. And now you look at, like, last year, they were counting on Derek Roberson and Tuzar Skipper and Brooks Reed and Nick Westbrook-Akina is better than those guys, but you're you're talking similar. Cody Hollister is like those guys, and and Dez Fitzpatrick or whoever else is at the bottom is like those guys. And when you're to your sixth outside linebacker or your eighth wide receiver, you're not going to get sacks or clutch receptions. You're just not. I mean, people who complain about the depth are, are somewhat silly. They're way so far down the depth chart. It's, it's crazy.
1: Coming up, John McClain will join us. We continue the NFL discussion. I'll bring back up the Jonathan Taylor-Cooper Cup um, highlighted discussion that we had earlier in the hour with John McClain, and we'll recap Week 15, look ahead to all the matchups. We'll preview tonight's games. There is a lot of meat on the bone with John McClain and NFL headlines next on OutKick 360. Hang with us.